0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Flight Deck Podcast, episode number 17. I'm your host, TK, and joining me as always is the team, my boys, my guys, my dogs, Mr. Omari Brown and Mr. Matthew Freeze. What's up, fellas?
1: What's going on? What's up, what's up, what's up?
0: What's going on, guys? Glad to be
2: back. Been a, been a little bit, but plenty to discuss. A lot of exciting things coming up.
0: Oh yeah, man, there's there's a lot going on, Uh, you know, Uh, Due to unfortunate circumstances, we missed y'all last week. Uh, We apologize for that. But as always, the show must and will go on. So we're going to kick things off around the NFL, one of my favorite topics. And I'm going to let you start us off, Mr. Brown. What you got?
1: All right, man. So a couple things happened that we want to get into. And everybody's most polarizing and everyone's favorite pastor, Mr. Tim Tebow, signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Uh, The Urban Meyer led Jacksonville Jaguars. And there's been – Tim Tebow (laughs) always, always, always incites a lot of emotion. So, Matt, I can already see you making a face right now. So, really tell me how – before I tell you how I feel, I think you guys already know how I feel. But, uh, yeah, let, let, let me know how you feel about Tim Tebow signing as a tight end. As a tight end, might I add. Tim Tebow signing as a tight end, and he hasn't played a regular season game since 2012. Um, before you jump in, Matt, you, y'all know how old Trevor Lawrence was the last time Tim Tebow played in a regular season game?
2: Maybe like 12.
1: That's exactly how old he was, 12 years old. So Trevor Lawrence was probably beating Pop Warner team 72 to 3 <laughs> when the <laughs> last time Tim Tebow uh, suited up in the NFL. <laughs> but but Matt, let me get your thoughts on that.
2: Trevor Lawrence is probably a better quarterback at 12 than Tim Tebow was. 100%. Period. Like, I, I, whatever, but be, beyond that. Uh, Listen, Tim Tebow, the individual, great guy. Tim Tebow, the football player, never been a big fan. I think what you said about him always having this following, you know, we saw it when he was with the Jets and that's kind of, you know, it is what it is. But it, as much as we all know he's signing as a tight end, it puts pressure on a lot. Like, I'm sorry, you have a young quarterback. Like that's the last thing I think anyone should do. Because Tim Tebow has this following, like a cult following, where this first second Trevor Lawrence falters – First, second, we saw it with us. People, as much as he he signed as a tight end or whatever, people are still going to be clamoring for it. They're still going to be clamoring for him to take a take take a snappy under center or whatever it is. It's gonna. I don't know how this works out. Obviously, he has to make the team, and he's buddy buddy with Urban, so it's you know it is what it is. But (sighs) I think that it just kind of brings unnecessary. Like Urban Meyer being the coach was already the headline. And getting the first pick was already the headline. Now you're bringing in another guy who brings headlines. So it's like, listen, if you want to be the if you want to be the headline guys, go for it. But I don't think it's the best thing for the the team. But hey, listen, maybe he turns into a great tight end. Who knows? He was adamant to do it for years, but I, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. I guess we'll we'll find out.
0: So all I have is this to say. Esto es basura. This is trash. Listen, I like Tebow the person. We, we all know that. It's whatever. But here's my thing. And, and, and this situation is not just, my problem is not just with Tebow. It's with Urban Meyer as well. But I'm going to start with Tebow. For one, terrible quarterback. We all know this. Two, he's moving to tight end. We tried that with us. Tight end slash H-back, terrible. Like, you know, he, he, first of all, who knows if he can catch? Who knows if he can block? I think it's a slap in the face of these kids who actually work their asses off to get a shot, to, to get, you know, a spot on that team, to have him just use his nepotism and his buddy-buddiness with Urban Meyer to slide right in like that. Now, back to Urban Meyer. This is just another. Example of how out of touch he is with the pro game. Urban Meyer has been a walking dumpster fire ever since he got hired, starting with his hiring of the racist coach who he ended up firing like a day later. Then you got this whole Tim Tebow thing where he's bringing him in as a tight end, which I blame Tebow anyway for asking him to do this, but whatever. And then you hear about him moving Etienne to wide receiver when this dude is an all-world running back. Like, what are you doing, Urban Meyer? Trash. That's all I got.
1: Man, my biggest thing is that um, you want to eliminate, you want to have as little, as li- little, like, distractions for your young quarterback as possible. He's already the number one pick. He's already the savior. He's already the, wh- what were we hearing? The best prospects since luck or highest prospects since John Elway. I mean, I just, this just, I, I truly believe that Urban Meyer thrives on chaos. The Florida Gators, Mind you, like they were a great program. They were a dynasty. I'm talking like they remind me of the, you know, the early 2000s hurricanes, those uh, Pete Carroll teams, but they, they were crazy. A third of that football team and y'all know college football teams are 120 guys. A third of that football team was arrested. That's 41 to 42 people arrested out of 120 players. And the crazy part is, like, listen, Tebow Mania was nuts, and he was a really, he's one of the greatest college uh, players ever. But let's be real, that system is very QB friendly. That system got Alex Smith the number one overall pick. That QB had Braxton Miller going crazy. That that system had Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones winning a championship. And what was his name? JT Barrett. Damn it, was the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, I think, two or three times. Mm -hmm. So, and also, if you think about it, that team had 20, I think, 25, 24, or 25 NFL players. And those guys, they're, they're not scrubs. You start looking at those teams, you're talking about the Pouncey brothers. You're talking about Aaron Hernandez, whether you, however you feel about him. The dude was a baller. Cornelius Ingram. There's guys all over there. Lewis Murphy. There's ballers all over that team. Janoris Jenkins was there. He got arrested and had to get Carlos Dunlap was there. Brandon Spikes. These are all guys that were drafted in the first three or four rounds. So people always act like Tim Tebow was this guy that willed his team to victory and all of that. You don't have to do much when there's NFL caliber talent littered throughout the entire program. And I think that Tim Tebow coming, all that's going to do is how did Tim Tebow block? When everybody should be focusing on creating a positive environment for Trevor Lawrence, all you're going to be asked is, you think that Travis Etienne wants to answer questions about the fourth or fifth string tight end? No. No. You think Miles Jack wants to answer questions about how to, how is Tim Tebow running routes? You think C.J. Anderson wants to answer any of those questions? You think Josh Allen wants to answer any of those questions? So all you're doing is just creating chaos, man. And I really hope for Trevor Lawrence's sake, because I don't wish bad on any of these young guys. They're under an immense amount of pressure. I truly hope that Tim Tebow gets cut very early on and Urban sees that there's no reason for, for him to be on this team, because I truly don't think that he's going to bring any sort of value uh, I don't think he's going to bring any positive value. That, that's just me. That's how I feel about it.
2: Dude's been out of football for a while. Urban Meyer has not been coaching for, I think, a couple of years, right? Yeah. Could be a mistake. Yeah, it's yeah, been a couple of years.
1: Yeah, he was working with um, like ESPN College Football, but he's been a consultant at some programs and things like that.
2: Yeah, but I, I feel like he's just kind of – this is, you know, like Tyra said, it's just kind of nepotism, really. He called up his buddy and he he got potentially a job. Now, if Tebow goes out there and he earns that that – roster spot which i mean we got to define what earn means right because because he could we don't we don't know what that means as far as he's concerned but if he goes out there and he earns it so to speak listen he makes the roster there's going to be questions he gets cut from the roster there's going to be questions and this is all you know new stuff that you don't you don't need espn is a fiend when it comes to covering tim tebow like you think lebron james getting covered is bad like tim tebow is up there like all these outlets and stuff like that. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing all these, these, these non real sports sports outlets talking about Tim Tebow, potentially getting a roster spot, like getting a second chance or whatever. It's just, it's unneeded. I would say pressure and unneeded publicity for the Jaguars. And I hope that they, they cut him. So does, you know, I, listen, if he's a great, he, if he's a great person, great, but I, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see why you got to bring unnecessary publicity to your team when, you guys have been a dumpster fire for longer than almost any franchise outside of Cleveland. So, I'll,
0: um, and, and I'm gonna just you know end it, this whole Tebow thing with with the quote that I read. <clears throat> if Tim Tebow is on the opening day roster, it will eviscerate Urban Meyer's credibility. Decisions in the NFL are based on meritocracy. If that organization is based on relationships, they have no chance to win. If Tim Tebow makes the team. It's just gonna really hurt Urban's ability to stand up in front of a team and say how you play matters. That was said by Mike Tannenbaum, and when I agree with him, it's a damn problem. I That's agree. I don't so
2: know. I, I think I, I think honestly that <laughs> I don't think I can talk about Tebow anymore because we're just gonna turn into the mainstream media at some point. But yeah. we got a couple other topics I know that we want to talk about. I think the next one was actually a. Uh, I don't know. You, you guys can tell me how you feel about the whole the whole changing numbers thing, because it looks like every time I open up some social media app, every time I look at some breaking news, it's someone writing an article about how so and so changed numbers. I think Patrick Queen changed numbers to like number eight today or something like that. And all I got to tell you is I love it for the sole fact that it is make. I've only heard one player come out and complain about this. I've heard one player come out and be a Karen in this moment. And it's the one that I already hate more than anyone else. Tom Brady, and if it pisses Tom Brady off, I'm all for it, and I mean that in in the most disrespectful way possible. Because the reality is, is like if you're really gonna get quote unquote butthurt about some numbers changing because you can't identify the Mike linebacker, you shouldn't be playing quarterback anymore. Like I'm sorry, but you know if you can't differentiate between the the linebacker and the D line, and just by looking at them because the numbers change, I'm sorry. Like like enough is enough. There's only one dude that I've seen come out and complain, and it's him. I like the number change. I don't know about you guys, but but tell me how you feel.
1: Yeah, so the Kansas City Chiefs uh, proposed that the NFL get a little bit more relaxed with the uh, jersey rules. So under those stipulations, and this happened, uh, I want to say back in April, or it was approved in April. So basically all these players, if you're going to want one thing that I, one thing that I, that, that I didn't really know. So if you're going to change your number, you have to buy out all the inventory of your existing, of the existing number. Yep. That's yep. Really cool too. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't really know how I feel about it. Um, I kind of liked, you know, having the, it, it kind of like opens everything up. So now the NFL is like finally just getting on board and like, they're just, I don't know, they're, they're really just getting with the times. The reason that Brady doesn't like it is because he's the oldest dude in the league. He doesn't want to see it, he doesn't want to see it change. He's already 20 years older than some of the guys on his team. He can't he really relate. What benefits him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't. I don't blame him, but I'm not really sure how how I feel about it. I kind of like the linebackers with the single digits and stuff like that. It's gonna be a little awkward seeing tight ends with single digits. Kyle Pitts is gonna be number eight, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not overly mad about it. You know, it's just gonna it's it's different. just different. Yeah, it's basically just different. You know, I'm kind of at that age now where. I'm not really, I'm not old, but I'm not young. So as I starting as I'm starting to see the games that I like play growing up with starting to change, it just kind of makes me feel old. So now I know how people feel when, when they see baseball, basketball and and, and football changing, because it's kind of, it's it's not the game that you grew up playing and that your game that you grew up loving. But yeah, man, if it makes the players happy, if it makes them feel empowered and if they play harder, if they're happier, I'm all for it.
0: It's, it's like college. That's basically what it is. It's it's uh, uh, adopting the, the college number system pretty much with the exceptions that, you know, on, in college, a personal offense can have the same numbers of personal defense. Now, I don't think they'll go that far. I hope not. But the way it is, it's now currently constructed, I don't see any problem with it, man. Um, you know, I think it'll be cool. Now, you just said something about player empowerment, Omari um and that's the one thing i love about the the nba man like the players have taken full ownership of their careers of their finances of their you know everything pretty much because i mean they are the star attractions right um and we just saw an example of when there is isn't real player empowerment when they're when when Guys' backs are against the wall, and they just vote on any and everything just to get a deal done. And they make themselves out you know, they, they come out on the wrong end of the deal. And we saw that with my yesterday, day before, I can't remember. Jawan James, now you know, you, you brought that up earlier, uh, you know, in pre production, was talking about some things. And what happened with him is just absolutely. unconscionable man absolute bullshit um for those who may not know he hurt himself working out away from the facility now i get you know contract clauses and all of that if if it went down like say jason williams who was told don't ride motorcycles don't do this ruined himself in a you know motorcycle accident and the team say we're we're Cutting you off, we're not paying you whatever, whatever. I get that. But this guy was actually working to hone his craft and he got hurt. And now he's lost what, 10 million?
2: Sickening. It's it's honestly some bullshit. Like I'm all for like like when you have a player, right, that signs a contract and then they're trying they're like throwing a shit fit about money and stuff like that, like 2 years into a 5 year contract. Like I I'm all for you sign your contract, play it out, see see it through the end for the most part. You know obviously there are exceptions to rules and stuff like that, so I'm not speaking for every player, but when it comes to this, stuff like you know that like the right what is the right thing to do here? If you're if you're you're the franchise, right? You pay the man. You pay the man or you pay him a prorated salary of some sort, but you give him something. He shouldn't lose the entirety of that 10 million dollars because he was doing what a professional does. He just wasn't doing at the facility. Mind you, a lot of these, you know, the, the players association, a lot of the individual teams have come out and said like, we're going to work out, but we're not going to work out with the field uh, at the facility due to, you know, the pandemic still and everything like that. So it's like, these are professional athletes taking care of their body year round, training year round, getting themselves prepared year round for the most part. And then they get injured doing what they've been doing almost year round to get prepared for a, 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 the most physical sport in the world. And then you're just going to take 10 mil from him just because he got hurt away from the facility. So you're telling me the, the difference between him making $10 million is whether he got injured at the facility or not, but he was the, the intent of him working out was still the same, whether he was there or not. Come on, man, this is it's, it's bullshit. And the memo, when I read the memo from the NFL, it just it, it kind of put a nail in the coffin for me. I'm like, come on, like the NFL is trying to take these strides to to you know with the number change, like we were just talking about, like more player you know oriented and stuff like that. Even with the 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 concussion protocol and stuff like that, trying to take care of the players and stuff like this. But then you're doing shit like that. Come on, it's bullshit. And and I'm sorry for the for the language a little bit, but it's just it's frustrating to watch because like I understand these guys are making more money than I might see in my lifetime, but like. They're in that position. They signed the contract and and he's doing what he's doing, the right thing as a professional and and you're going to, and he's getting hurt for doing it.
1: I think the biggest thing is that what you see is that the NFL wants to empower players when it's going to benefit them. Like we'll empower you. will it will allow you to change your numbers because that's going to, well, number one, you're going to have to pay for the rest of the inventory. Number two, this is going to generate more dollars in New Jersey sales and then right. you're going to be happier. So you're going to play harder. You're going to, you know, you're going to perform, you're going to do, you're going to shoot all these new commercials. So the NFL wants to empower you as long as it's a back alley way to improve the shield or to generate more income. So now that you see here, and I can't get too mad at the NFL because these are players. So these are the, these are guys that you signed this, this collective bargaining agreement, right? Y'all got to be redefined print, man. Y'all got to come together as a as a whole and say, listen, we're going to hold out and the guys, the top 1%, we're going to pull together a fund. So just in case that, you know, the, the uh, well, how many, the 90th player will probably not. So let, let's just say like the top 1%, you guys start a fund, you pull some money together for everybody, just so when everybody starts to miss time, you know, because the quarterbacks, the QB ones and, and the special team is the gunners and the kickers, they're not making the same amount of money. So sometimes I can kind of see when these guys are forced to sign these collective bargaining agreements, because some of these guys, even though they're they're you know, they're, there's a lot of millionaires, there's a lot of thousandaires. All right. And there's a lot of guys living check to check in the NFL. So they got to They have to do something, man. They like that. That's just ridiculous. That that's crazy. Like you're working out to become a better football player. But if you get hurt working out at your home gym or your personal gym, like we're still at the tail end of a pandemic. Whether how regardless of how you feel of COVID or not, I don't I don't knock anybody for not feeling comfortable working out in a public facility, especially if I can have my trainer come to me and work out in the comforts of my home. So you mean to tell me if I I, I don't I don't know, man. They, the NFL like NFL owners really have it good, man. You can cut somebody. So altogether, the Broncos save fifteen million dollars in guaranteed money. He's losing ten this year, but it's fifteen million overall. So you mean to tell me that they can cut guys after you know? Due to a lack of performance, they can cut guys for off the field uh, incidents, and now you can cut guys for working out. So I, I don't know when when the when when the buck is going to meet the road, but these guys have to come together. They have to be united on the same front because they, this is just crazy. That the Brooklyn Nets paid KD twenty one million dollars not to play last year. Yeah, that's a, I mean like there's nothing real to say, man. But but like you know it, this is on the players, man. And Oh, yeah. To be re- and to be real, like the Broncos are running a business. If we all had an out, if we had a chance to save 15 million, we're all going to do it, too. So you can really can't be mad at you can really can't be mad at how the game is played. You can be mad at the game and the rules that you signed.
2: It it depends. how It depends what scope you really look at it. If you look at it from a business operation standpoint. Sure. Like it makes sense. If you look at it from a player's perspective, it's like, oh, man, he got he got, you know, shafted. And if you look at it from a, hey, you know, a player, you know, kind of a lawyer standpoint where it's like you signed a contract, you kind of knew, then, you know, there's, there's, you know, different ways to look at it. So without a doubt, I understand all the different perspectives. I just think it sucks in totality for the players more than it sucks for the owner. Fifteen million to a billionaire is is whatever, you know, but fifteen million to a guy, you know, Juwan James, that that's a lot of money. Let's let's put it that way. And I think, oddly enough, I think, didn't uh, Deshaun Hamilton also tear his ACL for them, too? I think, like, a couple of days later, I'm, I'm fairly certain I read something that said he, he tore his ACL, too. I, obviously, I think he's on a rookie contract, so it's not as lucrative. But, like, still, like, I don't know how they're handling that.
1: Yeah, they were trying to move him. I think they uh, released him and put him through waivers. But now I think they're just going to have to outright release him.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just shows you, though, that that there are a select few players that are that aren't expendable. But there are plenty of players that are. And unfortunately, this is just one of those cases where Jawan James wasn't valuable enough to, to, you know, not get the ax, so to speak.
1: Yeah, man, that's true. That's true. But, um, you know, that's probably the dark side of the NFL. But damn, does the NFL do, do a good job of marketing themselves so yeah we're gonna leave that's the that's been the around the league for this week but we're we're gonna jump into some more positive news and and have a little fun with this next segment so the nfl schedule was released and in typical nfl fashion they turn everything of this offseason into an event so i don't know about y'all but (laughs) i never knew that the nfl schedule release was this big time event but we have the nfl schedule and Boy, do they do a great job of marketing. Boy, do they do a great job of creating drama. And damn, they get people hyped for a season that starts in August, in May. So, how y'all feel about this? We're going to play a little game. We're going to go through every game. And y'all tell me, even though it's super early. Yes, we know. But we're just going to have some fun with it. Y'all going to tell me if there's going to be a win or loss. Y'all down?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: I'm good with that.
1: All right, cool. So, Week one, <laughs> so right off the bat, the Jets uh, are they at Carolina?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: yes. So it's gonna be yes yeah, So it was gonna be the Jets at Carolina, Zach Wilson versus Sam Darnold. All right, TK, what do you got?
0: Okay, so let me let me just say, I I also did a, a, a little segment about this on the page. You know, a little write up in this 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 battle. I called it you know a, a battle whatever for one and zero. Um. I'm taking us in this one, Sam. Go Sam. And I think that that defensive line will feast on Carolina's offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, of of course, you got to be worried about Robbie. You got to be worried about DJ Moore. Uh, but they also would have to be worried about Elijah Moore, as well as Denzel Mims, Corey Davis. And, you know, whoever else they, they decide to throw at him. So I do have us winning. I don't think it'll be the Zach Wilson show where he throws just you know, 350 yards and four touchdowns. I've been seeing people say, I think he'll have a relatively solid game because they, they're going to game plan, you know, to keep him calm and keep him, you know, cool or whatever, to not overreach. And it's going to be a, a more of a run game, defensive game. And we're going to win. 24-10. Wow. Optimism early in the season. So
2: I actually also do have us getting a win here. Um, I think Carolina offensively is kind of a juggernaut as far as weapons are concerned, but I think where they lack is where we're strong in the trenches. I really do. I think that that we now, you know, with the addition of Lawson, with what we, with Q, with you know, hopefully being ready for that, for that opener or whatever, I think we – have the advantage in the trenches. And I think it's been proven that obviously Sam can move the pocket and whatever. We've seen it for three years, but I don't know, man, something, uh, if there's one thing that you can count on, you are giving Robert Sala, what is it? 17 weeks or however many weeks to game plan for a quarterback that, that we have all the tape on that, that has been in the building that that has practiced against the players we have. So you're giving Sala all that time to do that. Listen, I don't think it's going to be the Zach Wilson show either. I think it's going to be something like 17-14, maybe a lot, you know time expiring kick or something like that. But I think we can, I think we could pull one out and get get an early road win.
1: Yeah, that that's how I was feeling. I don't I don't think it's going to be the Zach Wilson show at all. This is going to be a run heavy team, and and to be honest, I have all. I mean, um, Robert Sala he knows how to beat Sam because he did it with San Francisco last year. So I think that it's going to be a low-scoring game. I could see something like 16 to 14 with the Jets eking out a, a final uh, field goal late in the game, playing really good defense and running the ball, and just playing strong defense. I think that they're. I don't think Zach is going to throw more than 20 passes in the first couple of weeks of the season. So I think that the Jets steal one just because, just for the sake of them having so much time to prepare for Sam Donald, and for someone they already know. Yeah, yeah, someone, yeah, someone that, that that they already know. They know all his strengths, all his weaknesses. But I think um, it's going to be a really close game, just because you know this is going to be Sam's first game action with all these guys. But he's going to have a lot of weapons, man. All those receivers that you guys spoke about, Christian McCaffrey, they're going to have some. They're going to have some weapons. But yeah, they also I got a
2: sick pass rush.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, so that offensive line is going to have to gel. But I think I think they'll be fine though. Uh, you know, McGovern is going to have a. Uh, He's gonna have a year under his belt. Becton's gonna have a year under his belt. I think Vera Tuck is a plug-and-play guy. Might struggle a little bit, but I think he'll be fine. And then that right side is just gonna to have to get it together. But uh, all in all, I think that yeah, the Jets are gonna to have to win. They're gonna to have to run the ball and play a lot of strong defense because the Jaguars do have a good defense. They're young, they're fast, and and they're only getting better too. So all right, so that's um, so that's good. Across the ball, we have uh one win week one. Week two, the jets go to Foxborough. And uh face the Patriots. No, no, I'm sorry, my bad, y'all. The Patriots. Uh, the Jets are home versus the Patriots.
2: I don't think it matters. I think it's a loss. I don't think you. I don't. I. Uh, I and I mean that with all due respect to, you know, the Jets. But uh I don't think a rookie quarterback's beaten. Be. I. I, I don't, who was the last rookie quarterback to beat Belichick? Geno Smith for us.
1: Maybe I'm not sure. I, I don't. Uh, I thinking, I don't it, think we it don't even matters. know. Yeah, I, mean, let me
2: you know, I think I don't think it, I think it could be relatively close. I, I mean, uh, it, Cam was kind of coming on a little bit when he, you know, after the full recovery and whatever. But I, I think that I don't know, man. They're getting a lot of players back that opted out last year on defense. That offensive line is still stout for them, you know, uh, and, and especially with the rumors that they could be potentially looking to add a a, a weapon, a wide receiver named Julio Jones or, or you know someone out out there. Uh, yeah I don't know I don't, I don't I think Wilson could struggle but I think overall the common theme of this year will be putting Zach in the best position to succeed with nice simple throws nothing you know egregious so I, I think it's a loss I, I would say like 28, 28 17,
0: some, 17 some in that ballpark so I uh, I think we're going to split with the Patriots this year I do now, I don't think I think we'll win in New England. I think we'll we'll lose this first one. Um Yeah, like again, and and you know, the whole rookie quarterback being Bill, I, uh, he doesn't have time to, to really, you know, help him out of tight spots. I mean, like, look at last year. We could have won last year against him. Could have won. You know, so I, I, and and that's that's it with an, with an inept net Adam Gase, which we don't have this year. So I think it'll be a close game, um, but I, I do think they'll they'll eke this one out and 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 beat us.
1: Uh, that's a loss for the Jets. I just think that it's Zach Wilson's young. The Patriots are going to be at full strength. They spent a ton of money on offense to. Uh, rectify all the horrible drafting that Bill Belichick has done. I think that that's a win for the uh, Patriots. So, TK, you have them winning this game or no? Because I'm just keeping no. Up.
0: Cool. No, I got, I got us losing this one. Okay. All one right. Good. Thing, one quick thing I want to say about
2: this game is that Zach very well could look really bad in this game, like really bad, because we've seen it before. And I just want to kind of preface, you know. So, you know, moving forward in the season is that it's important as Jets fans, as impatient as we are because of the lack of recent success in the last decade, it's important to realize that if Zach looks bad, it, it all is not lost. We got to relax a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. He's going to be a rookie. And I think it's just going to be a heavy, heavy dose of the run game. So, yeah. week three, the Jets go to mile high, they're going to face the Broncos. All w. Right,
2: w. That's a W for you guys. I got a W because he he's from Utah, which is uh, as everyone knows it, the the you know lots of mountains stuff like that. So I don't think the 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 altitude is going to affect him adversely, like it could other other young players that aren't used to, you know that are used to playing on the coasts. So I, I think that he can he can eat this by. I think their secondary is a little scary. I think getting Sertan uh, and uh, I think do they sell Chris Harris? I think they do.
1: No, no, Chris Harris is on the Chargers, mm-hmm. but they, so they have Kareem, Yep. Kareem yeah, Jackson, and
2: they still got good Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Yep. So the offensive line is going to get a test. The wide, uh, luckily, I do think the Jets are four deep at wide receiver. I really wholeheartedly believe this is the best receiving core we've seen in a long time, and I think that if you're running a lot of you know spread four four receiver four receiver, you know, offensive. You know, whatever. I think that there's always there's going to be one mismatch somewhere, and that could be in the form of Jamison Crowder or Elijah Moore. So I really do think we have a chance here to uh, to bully their defensive line a little bit, establish a run game, and get some you know short to intermediate passes going.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I think Sertan will be tested. So, I only the only thing I I probably be worried about, and and again. Teddy's probably gonna win that that job. So we're not too worried about him just killing us downfield and and, and all of that. Um depending on 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 what they do, you know, intermediate routes with Noah Fant and who we got in coverage, that's probably the only worry I have. But I, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not worried about him being able to use um uh Jerry Judy's, you know, outside and in in and all of that. So Plus, they lost Juwan James, so I think Lawson and them gonna eat. Mm.
1: Um, that's a loss for me. They're going on the road, mile high. Zach Wilson's uh, probably gonna try too hard because he's playing close to home, and um, they they have a good secondary. It's they have Kyle Fuller, they have Patrick Sertan in the second, they have Bradley Roby. They have these. De- they got Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. And I was-
2: forgot about Kyle Fuller. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I forgot they they got him.
1: Yeah. So so that's that's. I'm putting that down as a as a loss. Just going on the road. Young team. They're probably gonna play hard, but I just have them losing. And yeah, game- but if they
2: establish that run game, I think our offensive line. I think that they could. They if they establish a run game, I think that it. it, it it's possible, but you know, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's definitely doable. It's definitely doable. So the
2: next one, I don't think is though. I don't think Tennessee. I think I'll, I'll cut. I'll you know just jump into it real quick. We are home against Tennessee. Um, I see a nice L there. I don't know about you guys. I think that they're just a team on the upswing. I think that Tannehill has now taken that next step into a top twelve quarterback. I would say. I know that they lost uh, Corey Davis to us, funny enough, but I I still think that offensively, Derrick Henry's a monster. They have one of the best offensive lines in football, in my opinion. Having a defensive head coach and and an offensive, uh, you know, a a good enough offense, and and I know they lost Arthur Smith, I believe, this year to the Falcons, but I still think that offense will keep, you know, clicking, especially when you're predicated around that run game. But I think this really is coming down to the trenches because – I don't think Tannehill is a guy you can say, Hey, go out there and win us the game. But I think he does an above average job as like a game manager. He can make a couple of throws here and there, but I think this is a loss. Um, You know, I think it's also important. Just, I mean, I don't think we've gone there yet, but looking at timing of games and stuff like that, but yeah, I, I would chalk this up as a loss. So I think that puts me at two and two. I have
1: this going as a loss. Um, just because i just think the titans are a better team uh across the board i feel like i you know you'll probably say that the jets i, I don't think that the jets probably have a better player at a position than most of these guys so i think that now just going across the board i mean uh, you could jump in if you if you think that but even though that you know it'll be on the road but ravels teams they always play hard so i just don't see it as a um i don't see it as a win so that's another loss for me
0: yeah yeah I mean, that's really not much you know I can say. Um there Here is a problem. That offensive line is a problem. I think it'll be a, you know a good battle, but um, and then you know, I don't know who's going to hold AJ Brown. Let, let's let's be real. Exactly. Uh, um, they they did lose Jonu, you know, uh, but I mean it's not like he was just this world beater anyway. But yeah. I, I think it'll be a, a good game, um, but, yeah, I do have them losing. Tennessee's just just better.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're a tough team, and, they're, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, so that's losses across the board for us. Okay.
2: Brings us right to Atlanta in London, right?
1: Yep, Atlanta in London. So I feel like those those London games are usually a toss-up. But I think usually the teams with the better run game does better. So I'm going to give the Jets a win on that one.
2: Hmm. I I think I agree, too. I think that, you know, I I can't name a defensive player on Atlanta, if I'm being honest. I don't know if Deion Jones is still there. But I, I, I don't know who's in their secondary. They've spent so much draft capital on that offensive side of the ball between offensive line and, and a tight end and stuff like that. They spent top quality draft capital. So I think it's going to be a scoring game. And I think that that there's a very high likelihood we can establish a good running game, you know, just run the ball to the left and and, and we, we can chalk out a W. And I think we have a good fan base over there, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I think – yeah, they do. I,
0: I think – I think this would be, like, the breakout game where we see the defensive line show this is who we are. Atlanta doesn't have a, a great line. They don't have a run game. You know they're passing the ball. So, you know, I, I think they're going to just, just get after them. Just one dimensional. They, yeah, and they, they also don't have a secondary much worth talking about. And then we have their former defensive coordinator who took – you Know made them look worth a damn the last what five six weeks after uh they got rid of Quinn, like we got him, so he knows them, he knows them, mm-hmm. and it will work to our advantage on this one. And plus, the, you know, the Jets have fared pretty well against the NFC South, so I'm taking the Jets on this one, taking the Jets? Like oh, it. yeah. All right,
1: so that's that, that's a one across the board, all right, we cool. all two and, two, two and three. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're all two and three, just different games.
0: Nah, yeah. nah, I'm three and two. Oh, whoa, optimism. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you are. Yep, yeah, you're three and two. I'm, I'm two and three. I don't I'm know how I feel. And then uh, then the Jets get a buy, and then off that buy, they goes to New England. All right, so how you guys from that I'm going to start this one. I have this as a win just because this is going to be the second time – this is going to be the second time that Robert Sal is seeing New England. So he's going to have his tendencies – the quarterback is going to hopefully at this point be a little bit more comfortable. The defense is kind is going to have their identity and know what they want to do. And hopefully the offensive line and the offense is going to have an identity of what they're going to do as well, too. So I think they go to New England and just because of the, the preparation. Like now, now they're just going to have even more time to prepare. And like now they know what's expected of them. So I, this I'm coming out of the gate to the win.
2: Okay. All right. I mean, I'm going to give it a loss, but I, I think that there are some stipulations here that I want to quickly touch on. New England also has a young quarterback. We don't know what Cam's going to give him for that first six weeks. If Cam's struggling, we can be looking at potentially New England having Mac Jones starting at quarterback, which then I do think would swing more in our favor. I think if you line up the players across the board, I think we have better pass rushers. I think we have better wide receiving core. I think our offensive line is not as good, but I think it's, you know, kinda, you know, for the most part comparable. I know that they what, got what? a couple other good players. Um, secondary, I think they got the the advantage. But if we can establish that run game, I think our I think our D line's better than theirs, man. And I think our offensive line could could really push us over the edge here. I, I think it's a loss because I think Cam's still starting at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if they if they pulled one out with
0: the extra time to to study it up, and if Mac Jones is starting. I mean, you know, the, well, I said earlier I think we were going to split with them, so of course I got this as a W. But their secondary isn't. They they've lost one of the McCourties. They've lost Patrick Chung. Uh but they have Gilmore and Jason. And it's, they still got Gilmore, who wasn't the same Gilmore and I don't think he will ever be that defensive player of the year Gilmore. Not that he deserved and, it. You know, he 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 can be schemed against, you know. Um I think that bread and butter will be underneath, you know, run game. So yeah. Like 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 Omar said, second time around, solid will have a good game plan and this is what, what what's this game number one two three four five game number six so you add the preseason games we're looking at about eight weeks worth of playing time you know you you, you starting to see the team really get into it and, and this is all with the assumption that everybody's healthy they're starting to gel and, and and bring it all together so yeah w all right w so
1: w's across the board no i got an l oh you got an l all right got you all right, and then, uh,
2: Also, they, one quick thing. I think this is the earliest we've ever played both New England twice. Like, it's only week. It would be week seven, and we played them twice already. I feel like we usually get New England later on in the year, like week ten.
1: Yeah, towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Cause they, yeah they used to when the Jets were good. They used to get them like week ten because then it was kind of, you know, the division was kind of still within reach. But yeah, I think yeah, this year is kind of different. I'm not mad at it though. Uh, week eight, the Bengals come to town. Uh, TK, how you feel about that one?
0: Ah man. Shit. Um I'm gonna give this a W. I am going to say a win. Uh Lawson will <clears throat> excuse me. Lawson will be hype. Their offensive line is still not good. Their secondary is still not, you know, good. Um that offense will be a monster though. So the defense will have his work cut out for him. But I, I overall I think our team is 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 better, will be better. So I'm giving us a W. Uh
2: yeah, me too. I think that Cincinnati did a terrible job of addressing any offensive line. Uh help. And I think this our the strongest point of our team is our pass rush. And if you know if you don't got a great secondary, but you got a good pass rush it takes the pressure off your secondary. And if they're if you're telling me, and I think, honestly, I know that we said after that bye week we think it's going to click. I think this this, this game specifically could the, be that game that it really just all comes together because I think that they go dominate on both sides of the ball because I think Cincinnati be, really becomes, I don't want to say one-dimensional because I know they got, they got a decent run game too, but I don't think they have the offensive line to withstand the pass rush that, that we are going to be bringing. I think that they can have all the weapons they want, which I, I know they got Boyd and they got uh, Higgins and they got Jamar, but that the same thing that I've been saying about the Giants not having an offensive line is the same thing I'm going to say about Cincinnati. None of that matters until you can protect your quarterback. And the strongest part of our team is our pass rush, yeah. in my opinion. And I'm going to be honest with you. They didn't pick up the, that fifth-year option on Billy Price, their center. And our one of our best defensive players is Quinton Williams, who is going to bully Billy Price. I would not be shocked if, if Quinton walked away with three 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 and a half sacks this
1: game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets is going to be one of those games where they wrap up six or seven sacks. I just I just don't – unless it's going to be – unless they just air it out, and I just don't see them have – I just don't see them having that much time. Like, when you go across the board with their edge rushers, or I mean with their pass protectors versus our edge rushers, and the the amount of bodies – that the Jets can just keep rattling. Rotating off. in. I mean, by the, by the fourth quarter, you're going against Bryce Huff, Jonathan Franklin Myers, a fresh Quentin Williams, Carl Lawson. You know, hopefully Zuniga starts giving us stuff. And then up the middle, you got Sheldon Rankins, Q, Foley. You got all those guys, man. And Kyle Phillips back too. So I think that it's just going to be one of those games. And then by this point, you're going to have, hopefully, uh, uh, C.J. Mosley rounded back into shape. You're going to have Jared Davis flying around the field because he's going to be freed up.
2: You're going to have the rookies, and, too, Nazrul Dean.
1: too. They, I, I want Dean but even if it's Sherwood, I don't care. You're going, gonna be some, you're going to have a faster linebacker. You're going to have a faster defense, and you're going to have a team that's no longer thinking but reacting. And I think the offense, I think this is probably where – I think you're going to see Zach go toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow, and then this is going to be the game where you're like, okay – All right. Yeah. Yeah. We got something here. Yeah. I I see it.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. This will either be the game where we're like, damn, like, uh, we don't know or damn like, all right, this is our guy. We're rolling with it. So, all right, that's a win across the board. Then after that, the Jets have a short week, they go to Indianapolis. I have that as a loss just because I think Indianapolis, as far as, uh, their fronts on both sides, they're one of the deepest teams in football. They have arguably the best line overall lineman in the game in Quentin Nelson, um, Not sure if Eric Fisher is going to be back in time for that, but they do a great job. Um, They do a great job. I think Carson Wentz is uh, back with Frank Reich. I think he's going to be good because now he's going to have a strong offensive line, a a really good supporting cast. I think Wentz throws a great deep ball. T.Y. Hilton is one of the best deep threats of the last decade, I want to say. They got Pittman Jr., Parrish Campbell. They got two really strong running backs in Taylor and Marlon Mack and their defense is is really good too. You think about Darius Leonard, you think about DeForest Buckner, they they got some ballers. So I think just on a short week, going on the road, I have that as a loss for Indy. Uh to Indy. What do you have, Matt? Oh, I actually
2: have this as a shock W. Okay. Um I what? Do, I I know, right? That this is this is the one game that I was thinking about. Um I thought Cincinnati would be where they, they turn, turn, you know, into another gear where they really come of, you know, their own. We really see everything come together. The reason I think so is because this is, they feel disrespected with the lack of primetime games. This is their only one. The London game. I don't count as a primetime game. It's just like, whatever, but you playing on a short week, 820 at night, we already see CJ Mosley saying how they're going to change that. They're going to make, they're going to force their way into getting this stuff. I think after that, if, you know, if everything goes as planned and they beat Cincinnati, I think the buy-in is really already like we're on another level when it comes to the buy-in of the players. And I, and I, I think that it's, it's possible. I don't know too much about Indianapolis secondary. And I think, like I said, we, I think we're four deep at wide out, maybe five deep at wide out. Um, I think our offensive line can go toe-to-toe with their defensive line. I think our defensive line will struggle. But you also got to remember, Carson Wentz was the 30th worst quarterback in the NFL last year. So you don't know. They're banking on Reich, turning him around, which I can wholeheartedly see. But I think this could be a shock W.
0: He also played with a shit line last year. They all got hurt. You know, uh, I'm going to just say this, man. I just hope we don't get blown out. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh, that's that's my hope for this game. That's exactly how
1: I feel on a short week with the entire nation watching. Thursday night. Like, so
0: it's 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 an L. You just don't do good on prime time. Yeah, it's yep. an L, but, but I wanted to be one of might. those I want it to be one of those L's where people look at us and like, damn, they lost. But But they were competitive. Know. But they took him to, you know, took him to the brink or, you know, they had him to that last five minutes of of the fourth quarter or, you know, Indy one. But, man, the Jets really got something going with this kid and with that defense. So, you know, I just hope it's not like a 35-10 shellacking or some shit like that where everybody looks inept and and just unprepared and out of place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I just wanted to be competitive. Um, week 10, the Bills come to town. I have that down as a loss simply just because I think the Bills are going to win the AFC East. And I think that they have the best quarterback in the division. And that defense is ridiculous. Their pass rush is ridiculous. I literally love the way the Buffalo Bills have built their team is the way that I would build, build my teams with, with just a few exceptions. I think that I think they're going to get out to Zach Wilson and I think yeah I, I think that I think the Jets better hope that it's not a blow I think the Bull uh, the Bulls the Bills are the class of this division and yeah I just I just don't think the the Jets are going to be ready for that the Jets are on the right path the Jets potentially could be where the Bills were three years ago uh, but uh, this game maybe four years ago now because yeah because Josh Josh going into his fourth year so yeah maybe now so I have that down as a loss for the Jets uh, TK how you feel
0: Oh, man, it's a loss. For all the reasons that you stated, man, like that pass rush, you know, and, and I talked about the possibilities of our pass rush. <laughs> Dog, like they, they got guys that we, like, we beat the table, jumped up and down on the table for boogie bashing. Just to see him go to, you know, where we didn't want to see him. So, yeah, man, and and you know, Diggs like Diggs is a dog. I again, I just hope we don't get blown out. Yeah. I just hope we're competitive. So, but I I do have it as an L. Um, I have it as an L also. Uh,
2: I think if there's one game in the schedule like up to this point that I think we can get steamrolled, I think it's this game. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean that not because I want it to happen, but I think that the bills are just a juggernaut like they had the luxury of taking two pass rushers back to back. Like they, they don't, they they knew they didn't need anything on offense because they know what they got at quarterback. They know what they have a wide receiver. They got Gabriel Davis. They got Steph, uh, Stefan digs, and they got a decent offensive line. I think that our, our pass rush could give them a little bit of trouble, but I think that if there's one game, I'm going to say we could get steamrolled and could be kind of a wake up call for the, for, or, you know, kind of like a, uh, punch in the face, so to speak, I think this would be the game.
1: Yeah, this is going to be the game where the Jets are going to say, okay, they're the class of the division. That's where we aspire to be. Yep. So we have to get our shit together to the point where we could beat Buffalo. So you're going to start seeing the Jets start drafting to beat Buffalo. That, that, yep. That's what I think is going to happen to this. And just so listen, Carlos Basham is, the, is third on the depth chart right now. That's how good the Bills are. From a pass yeah. what do they
2: got? Ru- Russo, Epineza, and, and Basham?
1: Epineza, Mario Addison, Jerry <sighs> Hughes.
2: Epineza. Then, and, then you, and then
1: on the inside, you, you mix you got, in. Yeah. Then you got on the inside, you got Ed Oliver, Starlo Tulele, his the rotational guy, and Vernon Butler. So, yeah, them uh, boys are bringing bringin it. So I think, uh, yeah, we're all on the same page. That's
2: a test for the offensive line.
0: I was just about to say that this will be the game where we really see, you know, how far our, our, our offensive line has come or how far it needs to go. Yep. But it, it, but again, when you look at that murderous road that they're facing, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they got, got handled more often than not.
2: There aren't a lot of offensive lines that are going to be able to put up with that, if we're being honest. There's a handful of offensive lines that could put up with seven pass rushers of the caliber of the players yeah. that we just listed.
1: All right, so Bills at Jets, that's a loss across to board. Dolphins come to town. W. All right.
0: I got a, I got a W too. Just cuz it's the damn Dolphins. Yeah. Like I I I think we'll sweep them. Split. I think we will sweep them this year. Split with New England and split with Buffalo last game of the season. Okay. All right.
1: All right. All right, way to give it away. Way to give it away. But Matt My wait, My bet. That's all good. Matt, why do you think?
2: Uh I think that, you know, I know their offensive line's kind of coming along. I really do. I understand that. I think that that their their wide receiving core is good, but I really do think it does come down to quarterback play. And I just haven't seen anything from Tua to make me believe. Now, this is week eleven, so the, very well he could be taking strides. I don't know. He could be an MVP for all I know. But I haven't seen anything from Tua. I think their defensive line isn't quite near the caliber of, of the Bills. And I think that our offensive line, at least the left side of that offensive line, can if we can establish that run game early, I really do think that that we have a chance. I think this is going to be a gritty game, like a grind game. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. The, the, one of the scariest parts, I think, for, against Miami is that, that secondary also. I think every team in our division has a number one corner except for us. If we're being honest, um, so I think we could be looking at a rough game for Zach, but one that we kind of pull out. So I, I could see some in the ballpark of like 17, 14, 21, 17, something like that.
1: I think talent wise, these teams are going to be closer than a lot of people think, and I think that it's just going to be the home team takes it and they'll they'll split. I think that I still need to see a little bit more from Tua, but what I like that the Dolphins are doing is Tua may be a game manager. So, what do you do with game managers? You have to surround them with talent. I like Jalen Waddle, the, the player. I like, you know, his upside. But, I mean, how many how many of these first guys do you guys see get drafted in the top 10 and just really don't do anything? So, I mean. Looking
2: at you, John Ross.
1: Looking at you, Henry Ruggs. I mean, it's only one year, but, you know, the, these fast guys that only run like a few routes, man. I'm telling you, everybody keeps trying to replicate Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill might be one of those guys that's just an anomaly, and they got put in the right position in the right situation with Andy Reid. So I don't know, man. Their offensive line is getting better. They uh, I think they're going to be able to go too deep at tight end, and they're on the way. But I think that I think that the home teams are just going to win. Because I think two is still going to have to still going to have to show us something. So um, then we move right along. After that, the Jets go to the Texans. And they battle the Texans, and that's just a, a complete shit show. So I think that we're all going to give them a win across the board on that. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I just—I don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. Is it going to be? Uh, yeah,
0: uh, hell, they don't. Yeah, T- I, I don't, don't think it matters
2: honestly.
1: honestly. Yeah, Terod Taylor or David Mills. If the Jets lose this game, Robert Styles is going to have a lot of questions to answer. So I think it's safe to say that we all feel like that's going to be a win. But if you guys want to add anything, let me know.
2: I just wanna add one thing because we're we're all in agreement that I think that this this needs to be a dub. But I think if we lose this game, if we if we win this game, it would be kind of a signal because that signal to me, right? That all right, something's different about this team because this is a game ordinarily, we would go in there and we'd play down to the level of our competition. And if Deshaun isn't playing, honestly, I don't even know if Deshaun is enough to pull this team out. Like a great quarterback can make a shitty team good. And I get that, but I don't even know if Deshaun could pull them, pull them up. So I, I don't think it's going to matter who the quarterback is, if I'm being honest, but this would be a game to just lose typically. But if we win it, uh, there's something's going to go off in my head saying, Hey, this team kind of might've turned some, so they might've made the right hire. They might've turned the corner.
0: Yeah. Um, Easy W, in my opinion. I'll actually be at that game. So, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. Um, I mean, hell, the Texans are a real shit show right now. And it will continue as the, the Deshaun Watson saga continues and everything else. So, yeah. W. All
1: right, cool, cool. After that, the Eagles come into town. And the Eagles are going to be at the Jets. So, uh, so Matt, what do you, what do you, how you feel about this one? What do you
2: want to, you want to hear something shocking? I think we finally beat them. Really? I think we finally beat the one team we've never beaten. I think we do it. I think Jalen Hurts is kind of in the same boat as Tua, where it's, you kind of don't know what you're gonna get. I don't think that they really did a lot to address really anything. I don't. Uh, the defense certainly. No, no, nothing jumps out at me. Their offense, I know they got Devontae and they got Jalen Rager but, and, I, and they got Goddard, but their offensive line, I, it's coming off a lot of injuries. It's coming off you, – you don't know what you're going to get. They got a new coach that seems kind of clueless. So, I mean, listen, man, I, I think there are some games and, – and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. There are some games where coaching is ultimately the difference. The coach is the difference in the game. A strategic use of a timeout is the difference in the game, and I think I think this year I think it's I think we finally do it. I think I think we beat
1: them. Um, I'm going to say that, that that's a win too, just simply because of the Jets are home. I think that they'll start building some momentum, and think, uh, I think I think they they honestly win these the, the two previous games, and I think that coming back home, if you're going to win those two road games, you're definitely going to be feeling good coming back home. The crowd is going to be on their side. I think that Jalen Hurts is a little limited as far as a passer. And I just don't think that they have enough weapons just to support him. That offensive line really isn't what it used to be. Miles Sanders is a good running back, but he gets banged up almost every year. And to be honest, their defense is nothing to write home about. So I think at this point right now, you'll start to see Zach Wilson probably throwing the ball 25 to 30 times a game, getting rid of the ball quicker. And I think this is at this point, the offense is starting to gel. So I think that that's a win for the Jets. TK, what do
0: you got with the Eagles? We're blowing them out. Gotcha. Like, I'm I'm looking at like a a 30, 30, to 10, some somewhere up in there, maybe 30 to 13. I mean, I don't know, you know, that's that's a blowout for us. But um, you know, they added Ryan Kerrigan. They're front on their defensive line. It's okay with, you know, Kerrigan and Fletcher Cox, uh, you know, Bennett. Um, but their secondary is poo. Uh, you know, I'm just being honest. And like you said, Sanders, he's letting me down in fantasy football, can't stay healthy. You know, coach doesn't really know what he's going to do. And they don't have a bunch of weapons. Yes, they got Devonta Smith, like you said, but who knows how that's, that's going to play out. So, yeah, we're getting the dub. Oh, I like
1: it. I like it. I think um yeah, I forgot they got Devontae Smith, but I just don't think that one receiver is gonna do much to change that <laughs> to change that offensive round when I think that there's still questions on that O line. So Yeah,
0: I mean and then you know, Zach Ertz he he's working his way out.
1: Oh yeah, he's trying yeah. to get a already. I'm surprised he hasn't uh left yet.
2: All they really got is Goddard Rager, who is an unknown, and Devontae who's slight of frame and and you and I mean this with all due respect, like, you don't know what you're gonna get from him just because he's he's small and one big hit this guy could be out for a while. Yep.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And
2: also, I just want to preface this too. I've said it a couple times, you know, through the schedule is that I do wholeheartedly believe we are now four or five deep at wide receiver. I really do mean that. But this shows the value in having that rookie on the rookie contract because you can keep a guy like Jamison Crowder as your three, four guy, even though you drafted Elijah Moore. So I I think we got four quality wide receivers here. And I think that can give a lot of teams, especially the Eagles who don't have a secondary fit.
1: Well, this is what good teams used to do. You you strengthen the strength. Or, you know, you take the best player available, the highest player rated on your board, and then you slowly work them into the league, get them acclimated. And, you know, unless they're just, you know, Justin Jefferson and they just come in and take off. But there's nothing wrong with bringing somebody along slow and letting them learn, you know, be a part-time player and then ultimately take over. So, yeah, yeah that's why I'm super excited for Elijah Moore. Uh, then week 14, we got the Saints rolling into town. I'm going to give this a loss just because I think the Saints are a talented team. And I think that Taysom Hill won't be the quarterback by that time. I think Jameis Winston is probably going to take over. Jameis Winston corrected his vision and he had a time and he's had some time to sit and learn under the tutelage of Sean Payton. I think Jameis Winston is way more mature now. And I think that they they just have too many weapons. I just think that they just do a really good job of putting their best players in the positions to succeed. I think Michael Thomas bounces back. Alvin Kamara is going to do Alvin Kamara things, and I just think that the Saints are going to. I think the Saints are just going to do it. I think overall they're a good team and they know how to win. And I think that they're not. I think their window's closing, but I think you're going to see. You're going to this offense. Like nobody really like says it except for people who are being objective. This offense was a little limited with Drew Brees' inability to 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 throw the deep ball. He's washed. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you can say that. but um, I think Jameis is gonna is gonna add a new dynamic to this offense, and they're just gonna be able to throw the ball deep, and then you you're gonna have Taysom Hill's ten to fifteen gadget plays that are gonna be pretty explosive, and Kamara's is just you know one of the top ten pure you know playmakers in the game. So I think that that's a loss for the Jets. Uh, TK, what do you got?
0: Listen. Jameis is going to start the season off as a starting quarterback. Do not be surprised with Jameis Winston having well over 4,000 yards and about 30 touchdowns. You got a guy with that type of arm who has now has 20-20 vision and a stud wide receiver and a guru for a coach and offensive coordinator. Like, he's he's going to do his thing. And I do have this as a loss. You know, Sean Payton and, and Jameis. And, you know, we 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 all got them down for three wins in a row. It is just it's just that, that time. Yeah,
2: all good things must come to an end. I have it as a loss. I think that they're they're supremely talented and they do a great job of scheming. Uh Sean Payne's one of the best quarter. uh I'm sorry, one of the best coaches uh in the NFL, you know, in, in history. I think this is just a, a typical case of, hey man, we won three in a row unfortunately all good things must come to an end and, and I do also think Jameis is going to kind of figure it out I think that Peyton's going to put him in the best you know place to succeed especially you know given how talented he is look at what he did with Tampa Bay 4,000 yards I understand that a lot of talent but I, I think now he has a good coach a guy that finally is going to maximize his potential and I don't even care for Taysom Hill to be honest with you I think that you know overall this is just a case of hey man we won three in a row it's it's kind of time to lose and it's the team we're playing.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think so. And that's coming off, you know, I think the Jets, after winning three in a row, according to us, and, you know, that they, they lose two in a row. So, but um, next, the Jets go to Miami. I have that down as a loss because if, I don't know if it's the heat. I don't know if it's the humidity. I don't know what it is. Or maybe these teams just have a pre-existing agreement that we're going to split these games. <laughs> Either both home teams win or both away teams win. So I have that as a loss for the Jets. Uh, simply because I just think that Divisional games are just, they're always up in the air, man. Teams play harder. Sometimes they have lapses. Sometimes, you know, like the game plan is just really perfect that day. So I think that a couple big players from Miami, I think that if the just secondary don't really get right, you could definitely see Jalen Waddle with some deep passes. You could definitely see Devontae Parker going off because I don't, who, who are you going to put? I mean, Bryce Hall. I got my money on Devontae Parker against Bryce Hall. So you just start looking at some of those matchups and, you know, division games. Usually a lot of teams split divisional games. So I have that as a loss of the Jets being on the road. Uh TK, what do you have there?
0: Oh man. I hate I hate Miami. Like, you know. I I, I I'm a, I'm a bag off of my what I said earlier about us sweeping them. I uh I think we'll lose this one. For some of the reasons that you said, um, I, I think they'll just hit a, you know, just a, reach a point in the season where they're kind of tired and, you know, we'll have some things not, not working our favor and it'll be a close one, you know, three, four point game or whatever. But yeah, it's a loss. Yeah. Uh, I got it a loss too. I
2: think Flores makes some adjustments. Um I think you know you guys kind of summed it up. It's a divisional game. They're kind of. I feel like a lot of the times they're toss ups. Very rarely do you see blowouts in these types of games. And going to Miami, it's it's just it it always it's it's always the atmosphere there that kind of changes changes the course of a game. The fans being back and whatnot. So I got it as a loss. I, I don't think it's a indictment on anyone. It's just kind of what it is. Devontae Parker always seems to have a game against us at some point. So this would probably be the week.
1: Agreed, agreed. After that, we go. <laughs> it's Tebow I'm time. i going to this game. Tebow time. We're
2: nice. going to this game, boys.
1: All right, so Jags versus Jets, the number one overall pick versus the number two overall pick, Urban Meyer versus Robert Sala. Hopefully, Tim Tebow is cut during before preseason, so there is no Tim Tebow storyline because I'm literally – I have no hair on the top of my head, so I'm just going to start pulling out my beard. So, hopefully – tebow's out of here but week 16 Jags coming to new york matt what do you think
2: i gotta i gotta win okay i'm also trying my best to find a way to get to this game um i gotta win um i think the jets are a more talented team and i haven't been there's not a lot of teams that i feel we can say that about like the jets in comparison but i think if you really compare positional groups I think that we have more talented wide receivers. We have a better offensive line. We have a better defensive line, and and our secondary is, is close. I think C uh, J. and uh, not C.J. Ander, who's C J. who is Henderson. I think C J. Henderson's uh, going to be a good cornerback one day. But outside of that, I don't really know who they got. Um, yeah, I think this is a win. I think that I, I think Lawrence, you know, will be fine. But I think Wilson will just be a little bit better, and I think that he'll be able to find the holes in the defense because outside of Josh Allen and, and Henderson, I don't really think that they have many players on, on that defense that that I could. And this is where being four deep and having a good offensive line comes in handy. I think we're going to run all over them, and then I think we're going to get a lot of play action, uh, play action deep passes and stuff like that. Move the pocket a little bit.
1: CK, what you got?
0: Yeah, I too have us taking this game, man, for the for the for the late Christmas present. Um, like this 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 game will have a lot of you know drama and intrigue because of the one versus two. They always make a big deal about that. Then you got the two rookie head coaches, and I honestly, I hope Tebow is there because that team would be in total disarray. Mm -hmm. It will be a complete shit show for Jacksonville and nobody will be worried about the little old jets and little old Zach and little old, you know, Robert Sala. It all be about Tebow and his homecoming back to, you know, the jets or whatever. And yeah, we gonna knock the hell out of. Yeah.
1: Y'all are going to think I'm crazy, but I have this as a loss. Just, I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be better than a lot of people think. I think that Trevor Lawrence instantly makes that team a little bit better if he is what everybody thinks he is. I think that he's going to be pretty good. Um, I think that Zach Wilson. I think that I think all the quarterbacks are going to be pretty good except for Mac Jones, honestly. And I think Trey Lance at, at one point, at some point in time, is going to be a really good quarterback as well too. I think Trevor Lawrence instantly makes uh, a lot of those guys better. I think we're kind of sleeping on some of these uh, players that they have here. They got DJ Chalk. They got. Marvin Jones, they brought him in, so they have that reliable receiver. they Their
2: offensive and-
1: line. Their offensive line is not that bad. You got Norwell, who's underperformed the contract, but he is a decent right guard. He's a good right guard. You got Cam Robinson. You got A.J. Ken. You got Taylor over there. You got Etienne. And you already know that Urban Meyer's offense is probably going to be a spread offense to where you're trying to get in guys speed out and to the edges. And they got a couple of good pass rushes down there. You got Josh Allen, who I think we all loved. And we, you know, yep. even though we love Quentin now, we like You him. don't
2: fit our system now.
1: Yeah, not no more. Well, no, technically he could probably play uh, Sam Linebacker. Yeah, Sam Linebacker. You know, listen, listen. good coaches, you know, adhere to uh, to talent. And then they got Caleb on chasing. You know, they they drafted. Yeah, yeah, they drafted. Um, you know, sometimes some guys take, you know, when you're more athlete than, than technician, it takes a little while. But what I'm saying is, is that they have players. You got C.J. Henderson. You got Tyson Campbell, who we all like. So I just think that that's going to be a sneaky game. I think for me, this game, um, week five in London and this game with the Jets, just coming off two straight losses, I feel this is going to be one of those games where it's going to be about mental toughness, fortitude, and how you can bounce back and stuff like that. I just think there's going to be a lot going on um, going into that game. And I think that Zach is probably going to try a little bit too hard, just justifying being the number two overall pick. When some people actually felt like he was the better guy, and he's always going to be that number two, uh, he's going to be that number two guy, you know. And we'll, Damn, we'll
0: man. later, I, I, I think make he's going to play up. Ones. Okay, I think he's going right. to play up to prove it.
1: All right, good, good. All right, cool, man. I would love. And
0: listen, urban going urban. Okay. Well, well, if well, urban uh, urbans, they're going to win a lot of games. Nah, exactly. nah. That college shit he does, it, okay. I'm telling you.
1: If Urban, Urban you. they're gonna win, he's gonna turn the program around and then it's gonna implode in year four or year No, he's
2: already there'll be some scandal going on.
1: Exactly. And then you know, uh, he'll they'll they'll see that he was allowing a bunch of shit to go on and then he'll just say that he has heart problems, or so his heart is I hungry. was just about to say he's that his, yeah.
0: his heart will be done by twenty twenty
2: three. Damn man, Amari, you're gonna have us losing against then against the next two, also, aren't you? We're gonna end on a five game loss streak.
1: Listen, 100, percent and this is just how the cookie crumbles. So, Bucks at Jets. I'll go first. This is a loss. The Bucks are just way too talented, and barring injury, the Bucks are probably going to be in the NFC Championship game again. So, I have that as a loss. Uh, Matt, how you feeling about the Bucks coming? To
2: I t- don't have much to say. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an ass kicking.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be a bloodbath.
2: It, it's gonna be like a 42 to 17. Ooh, we, okay. We, they got, they got too many weapons, man. We, we are, we might be
1: proven weapons too.
2: We Yeah. We got, we, we, we might be four deep at wide receiver, which is like good for the jets, but like, they're like 12 deep at every offensive position. And like, this isn't for the jets. This is like for like Tampa Bay or like the good teams. They're like exponentially better offensively than even the best teams. So I mean, Mike Evans, uh, Godwin. They got. I think uh, OJ Howard comes back. They got Gronk again. They got Cameron Brate. They got. Let's. Uh, uh, I don't even know. Uh, it's gonna be a bloodbath, and I love the Jets, and that's why I gave them the win against Jacksonville because it's gonna be it's gonna be rough, rough the last two weeks, in my opinion.
0: Well, just like just like Omar, you had a surprise, and and Matt, you had a surprise. I got a surprise for y'all too. Hey. I, no, I'm serious. I think we're gonna beat Buffalo the following week. This is a loss.
1: Oh, this is a loss. <laughs> All right, it's so you, like, and, oh, you you wanna know what's funny though? You wanna know what's funny? Not just stay a thunder. I kind of got them beating the Bucks too. You want, the only reason why? The Bucs is going they're gonna be resting for the playoffs.
0: <laughs> oh no, this is a loss. I, I got we gonna beat Buffalo the following week, but against the Bucks.
1: No, no, I know, I know, no, I know. the Bucs are a loss, yeah, we got yeah. losses, but no, I could see that, and well, give me your justification, because I think the Bills are going to be resting
0: people. Yes, and see, I, I, I have that as a question mark, the last game, although I just said we'll beat them, um, I do believe that the Bills will be so good that they get to that last week, and it's like, you know, they're not playing for playoff position. Like, they will have that seed, you know, that that seed locked up. Um, or either, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where if they're fighting to, to get that number one seed, then they're playing everybody. But outside of that, I, I do kind of see them resting and just, they'll be at number two, three at the worst. So... Yeah. We could sneak that that final that final W if they sit everybody. I got it as if a they, loss. If they don't sit everybody, then you know it'll be it'll be close, but but we'll lose that one. Uh, I got it as a
2: loss. Um, I think everyone's got to remember right that we got that extra game, and being the number one seed matters now more than ever. And if they're playing, it, it's going to go down to the wire, and Buffalo very well could be playing for that number one seed. Um, the question really comes down to: Are there? Let's say they're not competing for that one seed. Are their backups better than our starters? Are they deeper on mm-hmm. their roster than than we are? And I think an argument can be made that they are. I don't. I, I don't know if Josh, If they bench Josh Allen, I think there's a chance, but. Uh, I can't see us going into Buffalo and winning.
1: Okay, i um, kind of struggling with this because I think that the Bills are gonna be resting people. And I think that that's how, I think the Jets are gonna be right at the cusp of the of the wild card. But, you know, I gotta go with my gut, man. I, I just didn't see this team, you know, winning more than seven games. I still don't see this team winning more than seven games. Guys, if the team wins, I'm going to have to a loss, and that, put them, that puts me at, what, seven? Seven and ten. Seven and ten. Yeah. So, TK, you're at ten and seven.
0: Matt, you're at I'm i I'm ten and seven-ish, nine and eight. Okay. It's, it's, it's hinging it's on that last game for me.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, me, I know what people are going to say. Like, damn, oh, you got the Jets losing, what is that, five games in a row to finish the season? Yeah, but I think that there's some games in there. there. There's some swing games. I think that the Jets could – I think that they could sweep Miami. I also, th- I also think that they could lose to the Patriots. They could get swept by the Patriots. But I think 7-10 and 10 is kind of where I have them. And to be real, a five-game swing, that's really good, especially with the way the Jets looked last year. So that think, would be huge. I think that would be huge too. So I would sign up for a 7-10 and 10 season. Matt, you got them right about 9 and 8, and I'm not really mad at that. You're 9 and
2: 8? I thought I was 8 and 9. Damn. Yeah, you 8 and you 9.
1: Well, 8 and 9?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought I got 8 and 9.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. 8 and 9. Which, which
2: listen, if they go 9 and 8, great. But I, I think my, my prediction all along has been in the ballpark of I, – I said anything, obviously, five, six wins is an impro- Is – I'm happy with that. I think eight, nine, seven, and ten, eight, nine would be. Listen, I would be screaming. I said that under two years of games. I said we get to five hundred, I'd be happy.
1: Yeah, so. I, just, I just, I just see a lot of. I don't know, like that Jacksonville game is a swing game. Honestly, guys, that that London game, we all got that as a win, but you know that's a complete toss up. We don't know what happens, guys. Yeah. It's the first time some some guys have left the country. The time change. They're gonna be playing at noon. So like you know, like their bodies, you know, biologically, they're going to be playing uh, at noon, but you know, it's going to be uh, what the end of the day over there. So that's a toss up. I think that that Thursday night, even though we we have them all losing that Thursday night game, you never know what could happen.
2: Uh, I got them winning that Thursday night game. You do? I, oh I yeah, have yeah an indie. You know, I have them beating Indy.
1: Yeah. See, so Indy can lay an egg. So there's a lot of toss ups there that um. That, that, that can go to Jets way but I think uh, 10 and 7 8 and 9 7 and 10 we'll hold on to these and we'll come back to these midway and see where we are and see where we are at the end of the year but I think the Jets have a pretty good chance to uh, to, to gain some positive momentum
0: but let, let me just say this and again folks this is a way too early prediction I, I think I could safely say this for all of us as long as they play hard and show you know that they're confident and, and you know show that 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 they are legit legitimately turning that corner and, and becoming a real team all 17 games, then that's all positive. Mm-hmm. Like we understand with a rookie coach, rookie quarterback, that will be bumps in the road. I mean we're we're not homers. Even though I got 10 wins or, or whatever, I'm not stupid. Like I'm not blind. Like I understand the game for what it is. Um so you know, as long as they're competitive, then I'm I'm happy.
2: I got I got one quick question to kinda you know throw out there. Obviously this is way too early, like you guys, like we all agree, but my, my question is really centered around let's say we still we still all kind of want us to go out there and maybe make one or two more signings on some of these veteran guys, right? The Richard Shermans, uh Steven Nelson, Trey Turner one of these guys, do any of the, those guys potentially switch a loss to a W? Like if we went out there and got a Sherman, a guy who, who you can, you, you know, confidently line up against the other teams won, And, you know, maybe he's not what he was, but, you know, he can help mitigate, you know, the, or help the defense out a little bit, put them over the top a little bit in that one game. Is there any games that you would look at and be like, eh, maybe maybe that can make a difference?
1: not not for for me because the games that i have them losing um i guess i guess i with the pats i think that their tight ends are going to really run wild just because what from what they've seen richard sherman does nothing to me for Cortland sutton richard sherman does nothing to me against aj brown um what else we got
0: me i I think for me yeah so i not i think for me no um but say the say the signing of a Steven Nelson and a Trey Turner, uh, I wouldn't say that it swings games, but it makes me feel a lot better about the ten and seven, nine and eight that I do have. Okay, if, if that makes sense to you, that made, like I'm more
2: confident in the picks you already made.
0: Yeah, like that that boosts my confidence level a little more um, because you have those uh, battle tested, you know, still good veterans. Along with this, this wildly young, inexperienced team to kind of, you know, guide the ship. So yeah, I, it 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 makes me feel more confident in my way too early ten and seven slash nine and eight.
2: I'm surprised though because I think the only game that I like if you went out and you saw Trey Turner and you signed Nelson or or Sherman, I think again I'm I, I'm I already have this as a W, but I think it makes me more confident in that Indianapolis game. It, I think it really does because you solidify if you get Trey Turner. The Forrest Buckner, you know, wherever he lines up, whichever side of the, the the center, I feel like you got a better chance against him. And I think getting the corner, I, I, I don't think the um, the Colts have a true number one. So I think that if you can get a Sherman to line up against a, a Michael Pittman, you can still trust a Bryce Hall and a Bless to, to go out there and cover, you know, a Paris Campbell and whoever, a T.Y. or whatever. I just, I, it would make me more confident, sort of like you said, more confident in my picks. For, for wins. And I think Indianapolis, that would be the one that I would feel more comfortable with because I think that's the one that I was a little more on edge about.
0: I can see that.
1: I could definitely see that. But uh yeah, I mean so um how do you guys feel about rookie minicamps, all the reports that you heard? I know there's rookie minicamp, but
0: what did you guys so uh I mean, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't put too much stock into the rookie mini camp, but what I did put a lot of stock into is the eighty players, you know, showing up for the voluntary workout. Mm. Like that shows a a real shift in culture to me. It shows guys really are invested really early into this thing, it, without even you know knowing that they're gonna make the team, like. I don't know, man. It it seems like it's something about this coach that has captivated the minds and hearts of these players to make them want to come to the New York Jets. And I think that will bleed right into the field. That will bleed right into the way they play. So that's the best thing that I've seen thus far this offseason.
2: Rookie minicamp I didn't take much from, but like you said, 80-plus players. That picture of Denzel Mims and Corey Davis made me so happy. I saw a picture of them together. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing. Two guys at a 63, 6-3, 6-3, they're going to be playing on the outside and they're already getting some rapport with each other and they're getting, and they're getting acclimated and and they're excited to be there. Even seeing CJ Mosley who didn't play, who didn't play one game that one season then didn't play at all last season, seeing how excited this team is, it makes me kind of believe that it it it, it 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 does make me more confident in that week one game because it looks like these guys are buying in already and they don't even know. It, it really does I guess validate what they were saying about Salah that players love him and they gravitate towards him and, and he's gonna establish that culture because eighty guys is that's a lot of guys. That's a lot of guys to show up.
1: Yeah, one one of my biggest takeaway from the Ricky Minicap is that they've it was a large emphasis on learning. I thought it was cool that they divided it up. They let, they had the skilled players working in the morning, bigs working in the afternoon, and then they switched it up, vice versa. So they weren't trying to overload them. So this, this team is, and this coaching staff is going to be really focused on teaching, which the last couple of regimes haven't really been good at. You know, this team has thrived on bringing in veteran free agent talents and then riding that team until, you know, the talent just wore off or they got older. They just weren't effective anymore. So I think that now you're going to have a culture of learning and that's going to, and that's going to play a part in sustained success. So I really like that. I like the, uh, I just really love the immense talent that they brought in. And to be real, I know we already had draft talk, but there's some, there's some undrafted free agents in there that, that really might have an impact on this team and just listening to the way. Excuse me. Just listening to the way that Nasruddin is speaking, listening to the way that, you know, Hamilcar Rashad is talking, and then just 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 the emphasis on learning and, and hearing how Robert Sala is breaking down how like, he wants to build these guys up, not, you know, not throw too much at them and bring them along slowly. I really appreciated that. And then the 80-plus guys uh reporting that, I mean, you, you're always going to have that when there's new energy and there's new, and there's a new staff in there, especially when the guys, you want to get that stench off of you from last season. So this is just all a positive step in the right direction. So I think so I think it's pretty cool. So you guys have any thoughts on the jersey numbers that were released? Any surprises or uh anything that you are uh shocked about as far as jersey numbers?
2: Uh I like Michael Carter for thirty, the running back. I like that number for him. He's thirty two, right? No, Michael yeah, he Carter got- the second's thirty two, I thought.
0: No, nah, the running back is thirty two. Oh, yeah. okay.
2: I I I I guess I read it wrong, but I mean, either way, good number. Why does it – is 34 retired? Because I remember Lamont Jordan wearing 34. He was one of my favorite running backs for the Jets at one point in time. not
1: Bryce
0: Hall 34? Uh, Somebody picked 34. God, I, I saw it earlier today. I, I can't remember I now I mean, it was. regardless,
2: I, I always I, – I keep looking out for a running back to take 34 because Lamont Jordan was one of my favorite Jets at one point in time. I know it wasn't a long stint, but uh, I think Hamza took, what, 45, I believe. Yeah. I like that number for him. I think, who was the last person to wear that? Rontez Miles, maybe? Yeah. Um, and he was a thumper. But I think that's a good number for him, especially when he's playing week, uh, Will Linebacker. He's. I think, uh, listen, man, I mean, I can't make too much of numbers, but but I really do. I, I like the, the selection of 45 for Hamza.
1: Justin Hardy is 34.
0: That's who it was, yeah. Mother. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. so 34 is going to be on the special teamer.
0: All right. Oh, you you were right, man Thank you. Running I back. Knew it. <laughs> running back Michael Carter has 30. And cornerback Michael Carter I love that, has 32. 30 for him. No, I, I love that 30 number. It's
1: not what the Jets posted. No, Carter. Carter the second is 30. You were right, TK. What? I'm telling you, I mean, this is what the Jets posted on Instagram.
2: Oh, I oh, I guess they edited it because I saw the same thing, but it was 30 for the other Carter. I don't know. Damn.
1: Yeah, all right. yeah. well, I think 30, yeah. okay. I, I think that Carter got a single digit or something like that. I think 32 is an ugly number, but yeah,
0: that's fine. Okay. Well, either way, I hope they both get out there and kick ass. That's that's all I'm I'm concerned about. Um, I just want to say this, man. We was talking about culture and all of that and, and Salah and, and and uh I think he made himself a lot of fans with these players when he spoke on Marcus May's contract situation. Uh, You know, when he said that, he said, I have a tremendous amount of respect for what players are going through. Again, you guys know my philosophy. I think these kids have earned the right to ask for whatever they can, especially when they do things the right way. Like May has. Like, dog, when, when you know your coach, got your back to get you get you paid you gonna go out there and try to kill everybody Mm. so that's that's good to see don't forget what he said too about
2: you know in his i don't know if it was his introductory press conference or whatever he wants these guys to get that he wants them to get paid he wants to make them the best they can in that first contract so they can maximize on that second contract from rookie to second contract and he wants them to get as much money as they possibly can so Listen, man. Him coming out and making those statements like that just further further solidifies what we already knew from his introductory press conference. And I don't know, man. Something feels different. I'm I'm gonna hold out hope, but but it feels right.
1: Oh, that sounds good. Now I've been duped before. Let's see how it looks. Let's see how the offense looks once the uh, once the media is allowed in there. Let's see how it looks when it's you know seven on seven. Let's see how it looks when it's. You know, it's 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 the run game because the offense is always, you know, defense, it's just read, react, run, chase, hit, be aggressive. Let's see what this offense looks like. Let's see what the quarterback looks like. Because to be real, if the quarterback is trash, the whole season is going to be trash. So I'm going to reserve judgment. Guys have been cooped up inside working out on their own. They're probably just very happy. They probably got a free vaccination and stuff like that. So 80 players showing up. Yeah, that's all well and cool. But let's see um, what's going on in August. So. Yeah, that's
0: my
2: take on it. Without a doubt. I I think I more or less just mean from a culture standpoint, it feels different. I don't know about – the on-field product remains to be seen, but culture – Oh, yeah. Culture, 100%. I feel like it is different. I feel like players are going to gravitate towards them, and I I do think we'll have a relatively successful season. How you measure that is to to each their own. Measure success the way you want. Some fans are going to be like, I don't want a Super Bowl. Some fans are going to be like, eight wins is great. So measure it how you will, but but I think culture perspective it's improved across the board.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, culture is like a key phrase right now. It's a it's a hot word. So I think that I think that we're really going to start to see that. I think the Jets are taking the right steps. I think that they're mm-hmm. you're starting to see kind of what the Knicks did get the right people in the right positions of um, you know decision makers in the right positions. So I think the Jets are taking the Jets are checking all the boxes. So. You know, I I don't just like with the Knicks. It's all good when when we hear it in the off season, but you know, let let's see it. Guys are showing up in shape. Guys are showing up on time. This is really good. Now now let's start to see uh, let's start to see it come together.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Hey man, this is a this is a really good episode, man. I I, you know, way too early uh, schedule prediction, but it's always fun, you know, to, to to talk and you know, let your imagination run wild, man. It, it's it's good to do it before reality sets in. So if you guys don't have anything to, to add to it, um, if all hearts and minds are satisfied, then, you know, we can sh- shut this thing down and get ready for the next episode. Man, mm-hmm. so good. on behalf of the Flight Deck Podcast, Mr. Matthew Freeze, Mr. Omari Brown, and myself, TK, Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 17 and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next go round. Let's go Jets.